Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm already laughing. I'm already sweating. I thought that this would be a great a great topic to follow up last week's bummer episode. And I'm pretty sure, oh, I thought this came out the day after Christmas. This doesn't come out the day after Christmas. This comes out before Christmas. I was going to say you guys just spent a bunch of quality time with your family. And now we're about to have the most vulgar episode we've ever had on the podcast. But we're trying something out that we don't normally do here. And that is adult content. I try to keep things pretty PG around here. You guys know this. Maybe a maybe a teaspoon of 13 here and there. But overall, we keep it pretty clean. Except apparently when I said that I wish I had done drugs in high school, that did not make very many people happy. That was my bad, guys. That was bad judgment call. I guess what I meant was I wish I would have tried smoking weed in high school. But I do not encourage drug use for uh, minors. Uh, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, I had a couple people reach out to me and they were they were not happy. So my bad on that. Uh, but since, yeah, last week's episode was a little bit of a downer, kind of more more emotional, more kind of, I don't know, you guys know, you heard it. I thought that we could go absolutely wild this week. Obviously, based on the title, this is not an episode to listen to with your children, unless you want to have a lot of very weird conversations with them. Uh, or any, or like your parents or probably anyone in your family. And this is not for anyone in my own family. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, this topic has been requested and I've told myself that it was either like too vulgar or I was too shy about it, but you know, we're wrapping up the wildest year of my life and it's time we broaden our horizon. So today's episode is all about your most outrageous sex stories, the good, the bad, the weird, the freaky. We've done vagina episodes before, but those were more like gynecologist related. There were some sex stories in there. Those were like UTI, the UTI vibes. Uh, this one is not is not that way. But sex is weird. Uh, sex is weird for a few reasons. And one of them is that I feel like we as humans, at least in my experience, we pretend that like nobody else does it except us. But I have really bad news for you guys that everybody has sex your siblings, your boss, even most of your parents have done it. So sorry to remind you of that fact. But with that said, I don't think we need to be embarrassed as like as embarrassed as we are about sex, because no matter what your background, I would argue that the majority of us have a good amount of shame or like resistance when it comes to discussing sex. I definitely do. 
in a major way. But I guess instead of dealing with that privately, I decided to record it and put it in an episode. I don't really know how to describe how I feel about talking about sex because when I'm with friends or like in a small group, I'll talk about it all day. We can go into details. I'll say anything. But obviously it's different when you're talking about it publicly. And I don't know. I just I care too much about how people will perceive what I'm saying or what they'll think about me or if they'll, you know, whatever. But that's out the window now. Okay. I used to care a lot more about that. And in these last few months, I have decided to not care about that literally at all. So we're going to discuss sex in detail today. And a lot of you guys have sex in really weird places. Also, there's a lot of you guys who also have a hard time discussing sex. And you want to know how I know this is because the majority of stories that I got used euphemisms. Like a lot of you guys said, like, we started to do you know what, or the deed. The deed is a big one. Also, a lot of people, not all, sorry, not a lot of people. One person said S asterisk X, like they had edited the word sex. But I just want to put this out there. You guys can say anything in your submissions to me. You can let it all loose. You can, you can swear. You can do anything you want. I won't tell because I don't know. I don't know who they came from. Also, several people used this submission form to just tell me what they're into in the bedroom. Um, like one of them, one of them just said that they like rim jobs lately. And like, I appreciate the info, not really the submissions I was going for, but <laughs> glad I know it. Also, the structure of this episode will be a little bit different because Lucy was going to be on this episode with me, but then she got sick. So I had half of the submissions that I read. And then I have another half of the submissions that Lucy picked that I don't know what they say. So that'll be fun. We've never done that except when I've had, I guess, when I've had Lucy on and she's read stories. I'm never surprised by stories. So I'm really excited to do that. And I also found this article. Oh, gosh, I got to pull it up. Hold on one second. I found this BuzzFeed article of the list of all of the euphemisms for sex. And I thought that they were really funny because so many of you used so many of them. But I thought that I would read this ridiculous list of things that people use instead of just saying we had sex or having sex. Uh, okay. Take a trip to pound town. Heard that one. Bump uglies. That one's a good one. That one's really funny. We should be saying that one more. Bump uglies. I didn't get a single submission that said we started bumping uglies, but that one is funny. Uh, knocking boots. I like that one. Check the oil. That one would confuse me. Feed the kitty. Do the no pants dance. Two person pushups. I hate this one. Slime the banana. That's got to be top five worst. Fill the cream donut. Burping the worm in the mole hole. <laughs> Burping the worm in the mole hole. Uh, test the humidity. I've never heard that. Bone, obviously bone. Stuff the taco. Don't like that. How about this one? Ride the skin bus into Tuna Town. How about you guys just sit with that one for a little bit? Polish the porpoise. Sweep the chimney. Bury the bone. Thread the needle. Take old one eye to the optometrist. <laughs> Pork. Spear the bearded clam. Boy, <laughs> this is the worst. Uh, ride the flagpole. Get some stanky on the hang down. Okay. We should rank these from the, the absolute worst. Uh, that's got to be up there. Hit a home run. Hiz it the skins. Hiz it the skins. Okay. Smack the salmon. 
test the suspension, slam the ham, horizontal. <laughs> I can't believe how long. You guys, this list is so long. Uh, okay, well, I'll just keep going. Maybe I'll skip a few. Uh, stuff the beaver, ride the baloney pony, attack the pink fortress, exchange bodily fluids. That one's t- way too medical. Play hide the cannoli, shuck the oyster, four-legged foxtrot, butter the biscuit, shake the trailer, make whoopee, play hide the German sausage. Okay, I'm going to skip to the bottom. Hot beef injection. No one's ever said that in the history of ever. Do the deed, play doctor, do the nasty, shag, vulcanize the whoopee stick, foxtrot uniform Charlie Kilo. That one, I guess, makes sense because it spells it. Score and then the F word. I won't be saying any F words in this. Don't worry. I will uh, save you from that part of it. So obviously, we wouldn't have this many euphemisms for the word sex if we were all totally comfortable talking about it. I don't really know how I'm going to like lead the cause on us getting comfortable talking about sex because I literally had to reapply deodorant when I started recording this because I got so nervous and so sweaty. I'm working through a lot of weird emotions. And I figured this was a good way to get started on working through the sex shame. So let's get started on your stories. The amount of gasps that I let out reading these stories is truly unmatched. Even even after the vagina episodes, these ones are still still more shocking. Okay, uh, first up, here we go. My husband and I took a trip to D.C. with my parents. Don't ask me why, but we decided it would be a good idea to share a room with them. I guess to maybe save money. Either way, wait, either they wanted to save money or we did. Don't remember. But honestly, never again. And after everyone fell asleep, my husband wanted to have sex. And I was like, no, my mom is a light sleeper. So we compromised and I ended up giving him a hand job with my mom and dad about five feet away from me in the other bed. Weirdest thing ever, but also really funny to look back at now. Hmm. Listen. I've shared a room with three other people before. And let me tell you, nothing will kill the mood faster than sharing a double bed at a Fairfield Inn. However, if the mood takes you, be my guest. Would looking over at your parents in the bed seven inches from your face be a turnoff for most people? Yeah. But you know what? Not you. You are you are the strongest among us <laughs> or, or the most delusional. I don't know. Okay, next. It was the first time I was having sex with this man. We had just met. Not a shining moment of mine, but we were both consenting adults, so we were into it. We went at it once, then we were getting ready to go again, and he went into the bathroom. Came back in tears, saying his mom was in an accident and had to go. He was like having to take deep breaths, seemed very upset, and still erect, mind you. He rushed out the door, and I've never heard another word from him. How how do you even how do you even re- react to that? somebody coming out of the bathroom that you don't really know that well, full boner telling him that his mom or telling you that his mom was in an accident. How do you even cope with that? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I just I can't believe some of you guys, the things that you do. I am a 30 year old with a mouthful of braces, which hasn't been an issue until I was hooking up with this guy who was well endowed. I was going down on him when the inside of one of my brackets caught on the side of his penis. He squealed and I felt so bad, but it got me out of licking his lollipop. Do you see the euphemisms any longer? He's fine, but we will not be seeing each other again. And it's for the best, I think. Here's the thing with like penis pain. Okay. Here's what I want to say. I want to say, get over it. (laughs) I want to say, get the hell over it. I mean, 
I get it. It's a sensitive area. Your organs exist on the outside of your body. That's a bummer. That's a big bummer. That's not exactly ideal, ideal placement for human organs. However, I just don't care. When people are like, but you don't know what it feels like to get kicked in the balls. I'm like, mm, but if you add up all of the pain that the female body goes through, I know this isn't like a hot take. I would assume that most of you agree with me on this. I just don't care. I just don't care. Like people are like, no, but it's like instant throw up feeling. I'm like, have you ever pulled out a dry tampon? A dry super tampon is all instant throw up, instant throw up feeling. So no, I don't really feel bad for any like penis pain that men go through. Also because it's voluntary, like somebody had to cause it. Like our pain is like we didn't even consent to not the people consent to like getting hit in the dick or whatever but like our pain none of it's none of it's controllable it's not like somebody caused it to happen to us we just have to do it we just have to live through it it's horrific okay next one the first time me and my husband had sex he flipped off his robe and i swear to my memory it's a little blurry and i won't bring it up because i don't want to remind him but my immediate response was ah it's hideous. I had literally never seen the messes that she spelled ball sacks. B-A-L-S-A-C-S. All one word. I've never seen ball sacks before. I think it's my, I think, I don't know if it should be plural. I'm pretty sure it's just one. I'm pretty sure everybody just has one, two balls, one sack. I don't Google that before. And they were much more wrinkly and loose than I expected. And it took me so off guard. Can you tell I was a little sheltered? LOL. Let me be clear. The penis was fine. Yeah, I, I do have to say that the first time, the first time ever seeing male uh, anatomy, quite shocking, quite shocking. Alien versus predator, shocking, you know. Uh, next one, I am pregnant with my second child. This didn't happen with my first, but as soon as I got pregnant this time around, something weird happened. Every time I orgasm, literally every time, I immediately start sobbing right after. I have no control over it. It is the most wild feeling. As soon as it's over, the tears immediately start flowing and I can't stop for a couple minutes. The first time it happened, I tried to hide it from my husband, but pretty quickly he was like, are you crying? And then I couldn't hold it in anymore. And I was like, yes, it's so embarrassing. I don't know why I am, but I can't stop. And now he just knows to expect it, but I still feel weird about it every time. Hormones, I guess. When I read this, I was like, why is this like somehow the most, the most like feminine thing I've ever heard of anybody doing? Like, how come that like two releases at once sounds like the most divine feminine thing you could possibly ever do? I wish that I could cry every time. I feel like I feel like it would just be, oh, it just feels so satisfying. Nothing is better than a good cry. I have learned that hard and fast this last year that it's amazing what your brain and body will do when you just let yourself feel things and let your like let it out in every possible way. You know what else is annoyingly therapeutic? Journaling. Oh, I hate that journaling works. It's one of those things that I hate doing. Matt has always told me that. Like whenever I'm going through something, he's like, if you would journal, you would feel better because you can get your feelings out on paper. You can kind of look at things differently. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Also, I'm lazy. But every time I journal, I feel so much better. It's the most annoying thing. It's like how drinking water makes you feel better. It's like, they were right. All of the people who said that this was going to happen were right. And that bugs me. So yeah, same with crying, same with orgasming, just any release at all. What a time. What a way to embrace your feminine identity. I love it. 
This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is hard to know where to start when you're dealing with difficult emotions or going through big life transitions because life does not come with a user manual as much as I wish it did. I wish we had one of those inserts that was just instructions for every hard thing in life. Uh, We don't have that, but we do have trained therapists and therapy to help us navigate really hard emotions and learn productive coping skills, which does make therapy basically the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists that are available 100% online, plus it's affordable. I know that there's a lot of things that hold people back from starting therapy. Maybe it's that you're nervous, you're not going to find the right therapist. Maybe it's that you can't find an office nearby or you can't afford it. BetterHelp checks all of those boxes and makes therapy very accessible for so many people. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It really could not be simpler. There's no waiting rooms. There's no traffic. There's no endless searching for the right therapist. I would not be who I am today without therapy. I've gone every single week for many, many years, and it is the reason that I think I'm able to navigate some pretty hard emotions. So learn more and save 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash bad. Once again, that's betterhelp.com. H-E-L-P dot com slash bad for 10% off of your first month of online therapy. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Dipsy. What a very fitting ad for this episode. So research shows that sex is as mental as it is physical. So you need more than just the equipment. You need more than just an amazing vibrator or an amazing partner. If you're one of those people who likes to read sexy stories and then you turn down a couple corners so you can revisit the good parts later, you need Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. So you can fantasize about an intriguing coworker or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. They're also radically inclusive and they have stories for straight and queer listeners. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, and again, and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories that you can read instead of just listening to them. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax, unwind, or heat things up with a partner. So for listeners of The Bad Broadcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com bad. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash bad. One more time, that's Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash bad. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, next one. All right, never thought I'd share this, lol. So my now husband and I were doing it. He put it in the wrong hole from behind, and my body went into shock. I got off the bed, stood up super quick, and the next thing I know, I fainted. I wake up to my husband freaking out. Now I confirm with my husband that he's found the right hole. 
there were like a handful of stories that had this kind of same thing, like same, same, uh, I'm going to say theme there, not thing, but a husband's missing the whole. And I get confused because totally different textures, like totally different vibes all around from front to back. So it's a little bit wild. I am also recording in like a, not a public studio, but I'm in like an external studio and there's people walking by with their children and also a lot of adult men, uh, just like at work in cubicles around me. And, um, I'm really hoping that this, uh, soundproof wall is as soundproof as they say. Okay. Uh, next one, my boyfriend and I had a big, or sorry, I actually, you know, what's weird is that when I first read this story, I said my boyfriend and I, and I was like, my boyfriend and I had a big surgery. And I was like, oh no, it's just my boyfriend. And then I just read it like that again. My boyfriend had a big surgery and I was in the hospital and was in the hospital, gosh, for a couple weeks recovering. We lost our virginities to each other a week before surgery, maybe out of anxiety of him dying. Okay. Grey's Anatomy. I don't know. Us two teenagers panicked and thought, what the hell? Well, he was seven days post-op at the time and I would spend nights in his hospital room while he slept. One night he woke me up and said he was feeling okay and that his nausea subsided. I thought this was great news and a completely innocent remark until he said he couldn't stop thinking about our first time. And what if he died tomorrow? All right. That's like, I mean, I get it. I, I totally get it. But that's like when guys are like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to blue ball. So deal with it. Figure that out on your own. Ladies, if any, any man tells you, like if you're hooking up with a guy, I'm not saying this applies to this, this girl with the sick boyfriend. This is just coming to mind, uh, pun intended. If you're hooking up with a guy and you decide, you know what, I actually don't want to go this far. I don't want to participate in this activity anymore. I'm out. And you stand up and you say, actually, I'm not into this anymore. I need to go. And he says, well, what about me? I'm going to blue ball. You say, that is something you're perfectly capable of handling on your own. I need to leave. You do not let anybody guilt you into, into that, into saying, well, I feel like it happens in, and, uh, and also I want to be very clear that when I say religious like communities, I don't mean one religion. I think that America in general is very Christian, very religious. I think that a lot of things that happen from one denomination happen in another. I'm not being hyper specific and saying it only happens one place, but I do feel like guys who grow up religious and are told that like masturbation is really bad, they use that as a way to like get girls to do things that they maybe wouldn't normally do. Like if you're hooking up with a guy and he says, well, I can't, you know, I'm going to blue ball. I can't jack off or whatever because it seems worse to him than doing something with a girl. And he's letting like his guilt shame you and doing something to it. Like, I think you guys probably get what I'm saying. It's complete BS. I think that is the dumbest, worst excuse ever. Like it's like you can handle that on your own. You have the ability to take care of your blue balls. Okay. You should never, and if there's any guys listening, I don't think any single guys listen to my podcast. It's usually husbands, but uh, if any girl at any point, I don't care if you're in the middle of doing something, if she says, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. You say, you know what? I respect that. I would never, ever, ever force you to do something you're not comfortable with. Let me know when you get home safe. That's how you should respond. All right. That was a tangent, but let's get back to the Grey's Anatomy couple. I laughed when he said, what if I died tomorrow? 
She said, I laughed, but I realized he was completely serious and insinuating we do it right then and there, which was scary because nurses checked in and took his blood pressure hourly. Well, I caved and we had sex in his hospital bed, which was exciting and terrifying considering he was hooked up to machines. And if his heart rate got above a level, alarms go off and nurses would come in. Luckily, we kept the heart rate under control and no one caught us. I felt very accomplished. And I imagine this is what people in the Mile High Club feel like. The Mile High Club makes absolutely no sense to me. Like people are like, I remember when I was growing up and I learned about what the Mile High Club was. I was like, oh yeah, they do it in the bathroom. That totally makes sense. Uh, No, it doesn't. I was on a plane like three days ago. I couldn't, I could, I could barely open my knees to go to the bathroom, let alone get, get it on. But I do understand if you have like one of those pods, like if you are flying to like, I don't know, flying to Saudi Arabia on one of those huge planes that have like separate rooms for you, that I understand. Or I guess if you're on a private plane. But for people who are like flying Southwest, no, you're not joining the Mile High Club anytime soon. Okay, uh, next one. When I first started skipping the placebo pills for birth control, I had a period for like three weeks. It typically wasn't heavy, but most of the time, most of the time, just a little spotting. And my boyfriend and I were not about to abstain for three weeks because of a little flow. One evening, I had a cute matching set on and we were quick to get it on. The set came off very quickly and my thong came from between my cheeks with some force. What my boyfriend did not realize at the time is that there was a decent amount of blood mixed with discharge on my thong. When we were done and I had returned from the restroom, I stared at the walls, confused why there was dark red smudges on the wall. It dawned on me that my blood had been slingshotted, sling, slingshotted, I think that's right, all over my walls when my boyfriend took my underwear off. I couldn't help but immediately laugh and show my boyfriend we promptly cleaned the walls and still laugh about it. I love a man who's not freaked out by periods or like period blood or anything like that. Like you should be able to deal with whatever, if you're benefiting from a vagina, you should be able to deal with what comes out of it. You know, blood, discharge, shame, all those things that have to do with vaginas. I love that. Okay, next. When I was 10, I walked into my parents' bedroom on Christmas morning and climbed into their bed. I asked my mom where dad was and she said she thinks he's in the bathroom. As an adult, I learned that he was in bed under the covers. I will never recover. What I'm assuming here, I didn't get many details, but if it's being submitted to this, I'm assuming that your dad, I don't even like, I don't even like picturing this or saying these words with this. Your dad was performing on your mother while you were in bed. Jail. Jail immediately. Actually, that's probably not a funny joke because that might actually be illegal. Like in the presence of a minor, like, come on. Okay. This story has never been told, but it seems like the right moment. We had recently gotten married. Oh, wait, I lost my spot. Hold on. And it was the first Thanksgiving since COVID and we couldn't go see any family. We had a nice dinner and we were just hanging out. Well, one thing led to another and we did our newlywed thing. Well, let's just say right as I was climaxing. (laughs) I love when people do this when they like say exactly what they mean. And then they'll be like, let's just say like people will be like, we did anal if you know what I mean. Like, yep, I do because you you just described it. So let's just say right as I was climaxing, I felt something wet. I was very new to sex and I had read that women could ejaculate as well in their own way. So I thought this was what was happening. Well, it wasn't. I literally peed. I had never been so embarrassed in my life. I swore it wasn't pee. But then he asked, 
when he asked, but we both knew. We had to strip the sheets and the mattress was soaked and stained. Luckily, we had a guest room we could sleep in. I had never felt more unsexy in my life, and I was sure my new husband would never want to be intimate with me again. I cried so hard that afternoon. Well, I chose a winner. He was so comforting and acted like it was no big deal. Many years later, and we just pretend it never happened. Definitely my most embarrassing moment. Love the podcast and everything that you do. So I went to a like sex toy party a few weeks ago. It was weird. Me and Lucy went and it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I had never been to one, but I went. And the lady who's like teaching us about all the toys and all the flavored creams and such, she told us, I don't know if this is true. I should probably Google it before I share this bit of information. But after, or sorry, when you're having a G-spot orgasm, it will feel like you're about to pee right before. So a lot of women will either pee a little bit or they'll stop and say, oh my gosh, I need to pee. I don't know what to do with that information. I, I don't know. Maybe that just means that like you should hold it. Maybe sometimes you do pee when it's really great, when you're almost, you know, you're reaching the Everest of it all. But yeah, apparently that has something to do with it. I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know. She, she was a lady who sold sex toys out of a van. I'm not really sure uh, what her education levels were about it, but she seemed like she knew what she was talking about. So I'm going to take her word for it. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Ritual. So let's face it, we all have gaps in our diet somewhere, whether it's vitamins or minerals or not getting enough sunlight, whatever it might be. Maybe it's not drinking enough water. I don't know your life. We all have gaps and gaps in your diet really shouldn't be ignored. So over 97% of women that are ages 19 to 50, which I would bet my life that 99% of the people listening fall into that category. They're not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. So Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill these nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and older. It's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. However, Ritual didn't stop there. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results? Essential for Women 18 Plus works. It was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. The clinical study was also published in a leading scientific journal. A published clinical study is a big deal and a serious commitment to a first-of-its-kind standard in the industry. So Ritual is committed to third-party testing from USP and the non-GMO project, traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, and always clear communication, no shady stuff. They also just released their Symbiotic Plus, which is a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic all-in-one minty capsule. I take my Ritual every morning because I'm a hot girl who's trying to take care of herself. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off of your first three months. So go to ritual.com slash bad and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash bad. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shopify. So you guys all know about open mic nights, right? You guys know that anybody can get up and give it a whirl. 
That is basically what Shopify is, but for people who want to start their own business. They make it possible for anybody to step up and start and run and grow a successful business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere, no matter what you're selling. If it's vintage teas or recipes or art, you can start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe. You'll discover new customers and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify has got you every step of the way. It has never been easier to start and grow a business thanks to Shopify. Almost every single one of my friends who run their own e-commerce businesses do it through Shopify. So if you are ready to launch your business and be your own boss and make those sales, Shopify is where you can start. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale and you will too. So when you're ready to launch it, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses from down the street to around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. You can sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash bad, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash bad to start selling online today. That's shopify.com slash bad. Okay, this next one, I want all the men to just prepare for the worst thing they've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, this one seems really bad. Also, I don't even know how this is possible. This is my worst, most uncomfortable sex story. I got an IUD right before getting married. On my wedding night, my husband said he felt something sharp in there. My first thought was there's something terribly wrong with my vagina. The next day, we were doing it again. And at the and the end of my IUD goes inside the tip of his penis. Whatever pointy, wiry thing was on the end of an IUD found the hole in the tip of his penis and went inside, like how one might insert a catheter. Maddie, I was mortified. I was also on my honeymoon, meaning I couldn't get it fixed till we got home. My entire honeymoon with a vagina, my husband was scared of putting his penis in. I'm a very anxious person and there were many things I was worried might go wrong on my honeymoon, but stabbing my husband's penis was not on that list. Anyway, love the podcast. Can't wait for this episode. That, okay, if I'm not mistaken, your IUD goes into your cervix, which means either the IUD was not placed high enough up or somebody is working with some serious equipment that it reached all the way up there. Are you kidding me? I've already told my IUD story on the vagina episode. Basically, I tried to get an IUD. They didn't get it in and I passed out. But this somehow sounds so much worse than getting an IUD inserted. I wonder if it like dislodged. It had to have dislodged. Am I right? It It had to have. Otherwise, I don't know, but just like I'm thinking about that copper like wire, I think is that's around an IUD. Yeesh. Sounds real bad. Uh, Okay. Buckle up. Buckle up for this one. It's not necessarily a sex story, but it is a sext. Woof. Can't believe I'm telling this. I swear I would never be a sexter, but after nine years of marriage, my husband finally wore me down. I was having an overnighter with my mom's sister and sister-in-law. He kept asking for a dirty pick, like annoyingly bugging me. On another text, our bishop you know, religious leader of their congregation was texting me and my husband about speaking in church on the next Sunday and giving us all the details. 
So being a fresh brand new sexter, I went into the bathroom and thought I clicked on my husband and I's message thread and I sent him a picture of my boobs. I think we all know where this is going. I accidentally sent the picture of my boobs to the message between me, my husband, and the bishop. No, no, I regret this episode. I regret asking for submissions. I regret reading this. I'm so regretful that I now know that this happened to somebody. Not only have I never accidentally sent something, you know, sketchy to somebody, I've never been on the receiving end of an accidental text. And I'm going to add that to my list of things I'm mad that I don't, I don't, have experience and experience in you know remember I said a couple weeks ago I'm mad that I don't know any swingers I I used to be mad that I didn't know anybody who actually soaked and then I got several dms from people who had soaked and I no longer want to want to hear about it uh the second thing I wish I would be the recipient of an accidental text I think that I would handle it very well I think that it would be a very good it would be good for the plot for me to accidentally get a text from somebody who's like talking mad shit on me and they accidentally send it to me it might ruin my life, but it would be funny in a comedy special one day. Okay. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I hope that you've recovered. You would have to move, right? You would never be able to go to church again. You would never be able to look that leader in the eye ever again. Okay. Next one. Me and my husband, my then boyfriend traveled with my brother and his wife to Ocean City, Maryland for a fun beach trip. To save money, we shared a hotel room. After a fun beach day, we all just relaxed and watched a show, each couple in their respective beds. I can't believe I'm admitting this, but me and my boyfriend decided to get frisky and start having sex under the covers with my brother and his wife in the room, fully awake and talking to us. Fast forward a few years and we were reminiscing about that trip. And my brother said, you guys had no idea but we were having sex under the blanket while we were all awake. We both laughed and never admitted that we were doing the exact same thing. So many things to discuss in this. First of all, having sex while you're having a conversation with somebody else. What in the multitasking is that? What does that, what does that even mean? What does that even look like? How would you even, how would you even agree to do that? How would you even say, Hey, let's start while they're telling us where they got breakfast reservations. And also that your brother and sister-in-law did it the same thing and that your brother told you about it. I don't know. I think I grew up in a pretty, pretty private family, I would say. It was probably an understatement. Uh, But like I would, I would, I would never accept that statement from any of my siblings. If they were like, hey, guess what? We did it. I'd be like, nope, mm -mm, do not tell me that. Don't want to know. I'm going to go back to pretending like none of this ever happened. So those are the stories that I chose And now we get to read the stories that Lucy chose that she would have read on this episode. When I decided to do this topic, I was like, I cannot do that alone. There is absolutely no way. My shame runs way too deep. I cannot discuss these things. And then Lucy got sick and I had to, I had to, I had to pony up, had to do it on my own. But Lucy did choose some. And there's very few people whose taste I trust as much as Lucy. So let's get into Lucy's choices of stories. First one. After having a baby, my hoo-ha is a tad looser. However, it hasn't affected my sex life with my husband until a couple of nights ago when everything changed. My husband and I were getting it on and we were both super horny. Can we talk about how horny is the worst word in the English language? Like there, there has got to be a better word than horny. I hate saying it. Well, unfortunately for me, when fingers and other objects aggressively go in and out of my vagina, a lot of air gets trapped in there, 
Well, my husband thought it would be hot if he lassoed my body. Wait, if he lassoed my body to sit on his face. However, keep in mind the trapped air. The poor fellow was going down on me while basically being blown away by my queefs. Even worse, I couldn't even enjoy it because I was holding in laughs and cries because I was so embarrassed. Queefing is another word. We should just make a list of all the words that are terrible. I did have somebody submit something and they called it a vart, the V. And I thought that that was very classy, a very classy word. Also, queefs are like the most normal thing in the entire world. I used to think that they were farts and they were like disgusting. It really is just air. And, you know, things are things are flappy down there. So they make weird noises. Um, okay, <laughs> next one. Sometimes I imagine my husband in woman form when we were having sex. The other night I started sucking his nipples like he sucks mine. Immediately jumped up and he said, nope, don't do that. <laughs> this, last, this next one is the best visual I've ever had. Uh, one that makes me and my friends cry laughing is when I was hooking up with a guy on the couch. I was laying down, but my head was kind of in the crack of the two cushions. And with every thrust, it was getting pushed further and further between the cushions until they were around my head and kind of squeezing my cheeks. I finally had to stop him so I could avoid being suffocated by the couch. It's such a funny image to think about someone's head just slowly disappearing into the couch and the other person just all of a sudden realizes that their head is gone. (laughs) I lost my virginity while wearing goldfish socks, clothes on top, lingerie underneath. Thing is, it was really, really cold. Once the lingerie came off, I still would not let him take the socks off. Still have them. In case anybody's curious, I was wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. I was wearing a Star Wars t-shirt on my wedding night, which was when I lost my virginity. And uh, yeah, I had like a cute outfit planned. I was all ready to go. And I uh, had a Star Wars t-shirt on. Not, Not my finest hour. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by First Person. Brain health, like our physical health, is a daily challenge and lifelong commitment. You don't just work out once and expect to be physically fit. It's the same thing with your brain. Making those daily lifestyle choices can help your overall brain and cognitive health. Taking that first step towards better cognition and improved brain health is easy with first person. After witnessing the deteriorating effects that Alzheimer's had on their father and grandfather's cognitive health, brothers Chris and Joe were determined to take their brain health into their own hands. So after 25 years of dedicated research in cognitive health and wellness, Chris and Joe worked with industry-leading doctors and scientists to create first person. First person supplements are made with functional mushrooms that aim to stimulate the body's natural production of specific neurotransmitters that trigger activities like energy, mood, and sleep. With daily usage, they support long-term brain health. First Person uses 100% grain-free organic mushrooms, as well as highly curated blends of nutraceuticals sourced from the best in-class vendors. I've always heard about the power of microdosing, but never really got into it. But when I started trying these, I take them in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. Not only are the supplements seriously amazing and they do genuinely work so well. I feel like my brain is just clicking and working and it's like a well-oiled machine when I take these supplements. But not only that, the design, you guys, the little containers that these come in are so cute. I reuse them in my purse. That's like a side note, but still a really great perk. So start improving your brain health and cognition with First Person. Get 15% off of your first order by going to getfirstperson.com and using the code BAD. That's G-E-T-F-I-R-S-T-P-E-R-S-O-N.com, code BAD for 15% off of your first order. Get firstperson.com, code BAD. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port, and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Next, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's anonymous, so oh well. When I was dating my first boyfriend, we had very limited opportunities to get down to business. Wink, wink. Yeah, I, again, I, I know what you mean. I, I understand. We both had strict parents and rarely got a chance to be alone together. One day, we found ourselves alone in the house unexpectedly. We knew we probably only had an hour. Wait, let's see. We knew we probably only had an hour, so we quickly got busy, only to realize neither of us had a condom. Unfortunately, being the horny but paranoid about pregnancy kids that we were, as you should be, always practice safe sex, we resorted to using a Walmart bag as a replacement. It was not pleasant, but it did its job. I mean, I think I didn't get pregnant. I cringe thinking about, I mean, that's probably something you would know. I cringe thinking about it now. Probably not sanitary. Luckily, I didn't get BV. Definitely do not recommend, LOL. Yeah, there's got to be, I mean, you could just wait like 20 minutes. There's got to be a CVS nearby, right? Or like, I, I I don't know, any other options. You could just do something else. Pull and pray. That's how some of my friends got pregnant. I actually don't think that that's very, very smart. My husband and I were both virgins when we got married, but one of us was definitely more prepared than the other. I had lots of friends and family prepare me and he did not. I told him we were going to need lots of lube, so he bought some. Well, it comes time to do the deed. He pulls out the lube, massage and play, and he immediately pours it on my belly and starts rubbing it around. I was shook. And all he could get out was, I don't think that's what it's for. He was just trying to warm. Oh, okay. The, the, okay. Sorry. I get it now. The lube was called massage and play. And he thought that it was just for a foreplay massage. Honestly, great, great foreplay of massage. Are you kidding me? Oh, okay. When I was 16 ish, I was in an accident. My hand touched an exposed live wire and I was electrocuted. Whoa. The building I was in had a faulty breaker, so I was stuck on the wire. The force brought me straight down. That is wild. I don't know how this is getting, I don't know how this submitted to sexy time, but in which I was thrown against the ground really hard. Afterwards, I was rushed to the ER and having my examination by the doctor. He saw my chest and exclaimed, oh my gosh, how do you have so many bruises already? I had to sheepishly explain that they were actually hickeys all over my boobs, like my boobs were black because I had so many of them. My boyfriend at the time was overly zealous. My sister was in the room since she brought me. I have no clue to this day if she told my parents because we have never spoken about that ER visit ever. She was probably embarrassed for me. Maybe not the most outrageous, but definitely the most embarrassing thing to have happened to me up to that point. 16 is rough. (laughs) To have hickeys that are bad enough that a licensed medical professional genuinely thinks that you got electrocuted well, no, sorry, you did get electrocuted. Thinks that the bruises were from being electrocuted. My goodness, my goodness, the power of those hickeys. Um, okay, next one. Sometimes I think my husband is playing tricks on me or just seeing what he can get away with. Anyway, 
this is graphic and I'm sorry, but I can't tell anyone in real life. So one time he was performing oral. Yes. And he picked me up off of the bed, brought me into our bedroom wall and literally sat me on his shoulders facing him while he was standing <laughs> against the wall. I was like six feet in the air. Did he think the height would just not be an issue? <laughs> I'm actually in Oh my gosh. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. The image of that is too much. Think about how high in the air you would be. I would hit my head. You would hit your head on something on a ceiling fan. There was one story. I don't know why I didn't pick it, but she thought that it would be sexy to like stand over her partner and she stood up and hit her head on the fan and the fan broke. Also just, just on that same topic. Standing above somebody, I can't think of a worse angle for myself. Like if I were to put, I would never do this, but if I were to put the camera on the floor and stand above it, like and straddle it, that is, that is the worst angle. Have you guys seen the sculptor Venus of Willendorf? Look that up because that is exactly what I would look like. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. Uh, next one. My high school boyfriend went down on me and was being weirdly aggressive. I, oh no. Oh no, I skipped ahead and I shouldn't have done done such a thing. I told him it was hurting and he looked up at me and said in a Batman voice, it's not supposed to feel good. I actually laughed and we ended up watching a movie since I was no longer in the mood. I mean, I am concerned for a few reasons. One, that he stated that it's not supposed to feel good, but he did it in a Batman voice. And to be honest, this is the second time I've recorded this sentence because uh the first time I reacted, I did the Batman voice and I said that sentence and I re-listened to it and I literally, I got the biggest ick at myself for doing a Batman impression and I couldn't, I couldn't leave it in the episode. Okay, next one. My husband and I waited until our wedding night to do the deed. He had these horrible fleece pajama pants that had a hole for his penis to go to the bathroom, obviously. Our first time doing it, he put it through so he still had his pants on. Later, I told him that I did not like that, and he told me that that's what he thought the hole was for. It was horrible. Luckily, we're fairly good communicators around sex, so it's been much better five years later. We had a debate, a lively debate about this. Uh, Matt did weigh in on whether or not you're supposed to pull it out of the hole to like go to the bathroom or if you unbutton or you pull your pants down a little bit or like your butt cheeks are out. Like I can't even remember what was right because I had so many men in my DMs telling me the logistics of how they pee. I could have done without that. Uh, but I do know for sure that it is not for having sex through. That is something I can definitely guarantee. <laughs> All right. I don't know how outrageous this is, but I've been, it's been festering on my cerebellum for years. I got to get it out. Here goes. My husband and I used to live in an extremely rural area, literally one full mile from our closest neighbor. Because of this, when we felt like being frisky, we got frisky pretty much wherever we were. Generally, we behaved ourselves and kept it indoors and private. Generally? What do you mean generally? Every once in a while, though, we took advantage of the privacy. We were living our best life. One time in particular, it was the middle of the summer. We were riding horses in the mountains surrounding our horse, or, sorry, our house to make sure our cows had water. Quick detour to a, oh, you guys, I was just going to talk about this. Okay. Quick detour to a recent Dum Dum Club check-in. There are no wild cows. Those would be called buffalo. They're bovine, as are cows. Modern, regular beef or milk cow cows would never survive in the wild without help from their frenemy, the human. Okay, sorry, this is so off topic, but I did learn because I, I told my dad, I was like, 
yeah, somebody said that there's no wild cows. Like there's literally not one. And my dad's like, they would die. Like they would be killed. They're not predators. They can't kill anything to to survive. And I was like, oh, okay, that does make sense. Okay, continuing on the story at hand. We finished checking water troughs and we were enjoying our ride. And when we were enjoying our ride, the mood struck. We tied up the horses and got busy in the grass under the shade of a grove of trees. Ooh. Mind you, this is our own private property. No hikers are going to happen upon us. We were alone. Fast forward to a season, fast forward a season to fall. My husband has a meeting with a guy who guides people to hunt deer and elk. We had leased our property to his company the previous year for them to hunt on. They're discussing the upcoming hunts. A popular practice for hunters is to set up trail cameras at various locations on the mountain throughout the year to watch for animals, see where they travel, bed down, etc. He informs my husband that they've seen some big animals on their cameras and they are excited for the upcoming season. Maddie, midsummer, we're feeling frisky. It's a gorgeous day. I'm loving my cowboy. He his cowgirl. Clothes go flying and there's no one around. These men did not exist, nor did their cameras. In reality, they did in fact exist on our property in the summertime. We don't know if slash what they recorded. He never said anything. We never asked. However, they may possess a pornographic video of us. I don't think I want to know if they do. I choose ignorance. Anyway, here's hoping I don't pop up in the dirty depths of the internet someday. Thank you for giving me an outlet to release this story from my guilt-ridden soul. I adore you and love your pod. Hope you have a great day and enjoy your much-deserved break for a couple weeks. Ah, so many of you have had close calls with people maybe filming you or like having ring cameras or nanny cams or what have you. But there was one story. Again, I don't know why I didn't choose it. But somebody said that their husband filmed them having sex and then put it on the internet and she didn't know about it. And she ended it with like an LOL, which seems like major not LOL vibes. Like if you didn't know about it and you weren't cool with it and your husband just popped it onto the hub. I don't know if that's like uh, if anybody I don't know if it's like YouTube. Can anybody upload to it? I'm not really sure the rules of it. Uh, definitely does not seem cool, <laughs> especially if you don't know. But the way you described that was very romantic. Uh, under the shade trees, loving on your cowboy, he his cowgirl. I mean, you could write some serious fanfic about that. All right. This one is definitely going to be our last one because you guys know that I do like to end on the most outrageous one that I read this week. And this one for sure took the cake. Okay. She says, I was extremely constipated and I took a few laxatives in the morning, but I didn't poop the whole day. That night after putting our baby to sleep, my husband and I had sex. We cuddled after and then fell asleep. 30 minutes later, we both wake up in a cold sweat to our baby crying on the monitor. Then immediate horror. All over the sheets was diarrhea. Poop mixed with cum covered our bed. I had pooped myself in my sleep from the laxatives and we didn't use a condom. So I was full of jizz and it had leaked out and mixed with my own shit. My husband is an angel and helped clean it up. And we have yet to talk about it. This is the first time I've talked about, or this is the first time I've told anybody rip. I think I went this whole entire episode without having to say the word come or jizz. And of course, the final story and the worst one that I read has both of those words in it, both of which I do not enjoy saying. Holy cow. I feel like I should send the person that this happened to like a bouquet of flowers for having to endure that. That I've read a lot of wild things this week, you guys. I've I've read things that I never thought I would. Some of the submissions that I read, I'm convinced that the person writing them just had a kink for telling people what they're into. 
and they just decided to write me a novel about the things that they're into because I'd be reading it and I'd be like, is this, what am I reading? Like, why am I reading the transcript dialogue and all of somebody's sex dream? That's what some of these submissions felt like. This one did not. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't think up a more nightmarish (laughs) sex situation than pooping your pants while you're asleep. Oh my, what a wild ride this episode has been. It really, really lifted my spirits in a lot of ways, really depressed me in a lot of ways. But let's round out the episode by me telling you guys that if you do feel shame talking about these things, the quickest way to alleviate shame is to just laugh about it. That's what I've found. I found that when I'm going through a hard time, if I can make a joke about it or laugh at how ridiculous it is, it does help me cope. I don't know if it's appropriate all the time, but but I will say it's effective. And also, if you're dealing with shame, if you got those shame triggers around sex when you're either doing it or talking about it or hearing about somebody else doing it or even watching a movie, like that happens to me all the time. Sometimes I'll be watching like a rated R movie and I'll be like, am I supposed to, is this bad? Am I supposed to be watching this? It's even common like after you get married, like if you were raised with a lot of shame around sex, and then you get married, which is like, quote unquote, the right way to do it, which I don't believe is the right way to do it, but you're kind of taught that growing up. You still experience a lot of shame. I still experience a lot of shame when I'm talking about even just reading your guys' stories. It's very weird. So I hope that making it light and funny and discussing the weirdness around it and how absurd it can be, I hope, my hope is that it can, you know, just lighten the mood around it. Also, I'm absolutely sure that we will cover this topic again. It will be it will be a regular here on the podcast because I do I do want to be more open with you guys. Like I said, I'm kind of coming out of a weird time and I want to stop being really critical of things that I want to like topics that I want to do or things that I want to say. I really want to be more open with you guys. I have had had a problem with that. Like when I started the podcast, I was like, no, I have nothing that I I wouldn't share. And then as I've done this for longer and longer, I'm like, oh, there are a lot of things that I kind of dodge that I don't totally feel comfortable talking about that I do feel shy about or embarrassed about, or I carry a lot of shame with them. And I don't want to do that anymore. 2023 is the year of literally no shame. I will not, I will not allow, allow it into my life anymore. So thank you guys for submitting your stories. Thank you for being super vulnerable with me. A little wellness check on myself. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you guys for caring about my life and my well-being. And I also hope you guys have a wonderful holiday, whichever holiday you celebrate. Christmas is coming up and I believe Hanukkah is going on right now. And if you celebrate neither of those, I hope you just have a wonderful winter week. And I will see you guys next week. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. Is there anything else? Oh yeah. Be safe, be kind, be hot. Okay. I love you so much. I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the -the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.